Thank you guys so much. <clears throat> Thanks for being here tonight, man. I know um, <coughs> I might need that water right there, Noel, right under your foot there. <clears throat> the allergies. Anybody know what I'm saying about the allergies right now? Thanks, baby girl. Yeah, they're not, they're not good. Um, <clears throat> I'm, just, uh, I'm just grateful for you uh, to be, uh, being out here tonight. I know there's a lot of stuff going on. You're working. You're coming from work. You're tired. Uh, but I, I promise you, or I shouldn't say I promise you, I hope to, that you'll leave here going, man, I'm so glad I came. I'm so glad I came. I hope you already feel that way. But if not, hopefully by the time you leave here, you will. I um, need to say a couple things. First of all, this coming Sunday... Um, is growth track. If you've never done that before, that's just the on-ramp for how you get plugged in around here. We would love if you'd join us. It's between our second and third service. Lunch is provided. Of course, child care is provided. And uh, even if you've been going here a while but you've never done that, <coughs> man, do it. Check it out. Go check it out. If nothing else, get some free grub. Uh, it'll be cool. And, and where's my students at? Students in the house today? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> so apparently not. Apparently they're not here. Um, anybody wish you were a student? You wish you were young again? Yeah. Okay. You guys have um, the start of your super series on romance and love and dating and all that goodness. And uh, that starts this Sunday night. And it's going to be awesome. I'm so glad you're here tonight. Um, a few weeks ago on a Saturday morning during our 21 days of prayer and fasting, I gave a devotion um, that, that a few of you were here for. <clears throat> and what I said during that time was that I was believing God um, to do miraculous things in your lives, in the, lives of, in the life of our church, that, that, that this was going to be a year of, of the supernatural moving among us, that God would do miracles this year that uh, I believe can blow some of our minds. And I want to just share some of those same thoughts, but unpack them a little bit more. And at the end, we're going to gather um, and pray, <clears throat> those of you who'd like to, that God would do great things in your life. Um, I just believe that God can heal, that God can set free, that God can deliver, that God can uh, break chains off of people. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 103. If, you're, if this is your first time here, uh, thanks for being here. Um, first Wednesday is a co completely different gig than Sunday. It's really a whole different animal. And a lot of people, this is their favorite service. Uh, it's one of my favorite for sure. And uh, so I'm glad you're here. <clears throat> Psalm 103. W matter of fact, would you stand for God's word real quick? Just stand with me. I'm going to read a couple verses here. And then we'll dive in. I won't be a whole long time. And I know you've heard that before. Um, <laughs> verse 1, Psalm 103. This is the psalmist saying, Praise the Lord, um, my soul, all my inmost being. Now, let me just stop and say that David was famous for talking to himself in his own verses. Like he was always talking to himself. Anybody can relate to that. You're talking to yourself. Maybe not out loud, but you're talking to yourself all the time. Matter of fact, he says it again. Um, praise uh, his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul. You know, and what David's doing is here, and is he's encouraging himself. He's encouraging not his, his he's encouraging his soul. He, he's like, hey, soul, let's get lifted, man. I know there's some bad stuff going on around us, but let's, let's, get, our, let's, get, let's get this together. And, and by the way, your soul is your mind, and it's your emotions, and it's your will. It's the part of you <coughs> that gets you in trouble with uh, uh, other people. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And, and so you got to work all of that out sometimes. And so David is doing that. He's just encouraging his soul, like grabbing himself by the shirt and going, Come on, let's praise God. Let's get up out of this funk that we're in. Let's, let's get it right. That's what he's doing here. And then he says in verse 3, Who forgives all your sins, and, can you say this next line with me? 
heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. Some of you know that if it hadn't been for Jesus, you'd still be in a pit somewhere. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm saying? And First Wednesday is the time where you can go amen. I know some of you are afraid to do that on Sundays. You shouldn't be, but you, you might be, but you can say amen. Some of you are like, yeah, yeah, that was me. If you guys had seen me back in the day, right, I was in the pit, right? Who, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with what? With good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Look at verse 3 again. Who forgives all your sins, not just the socially acceptable ones. Come on, somebody. All of them. And heals all of your diseases. Now check out 1 Peter. This is the new, that was the Old Testament. This is the New Testament. This is Peter writing <clears throat> to his friends. Here's what he says in chapter 2. It's kind of a mirror image of David's words. He says, He's talking about the cross and what was accomplished on the cross. He says in verse 24, he himself, talking about Jesus, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might what? <clears throat> that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. And then this beautiful line, and by his wounds, some translations say by his stripes, which is he got on the cross, you what? have been healed. So he's talking about forgiveness here, but he's also talking about healing as well, just like David did in Psalm 103. So tonight we're talking about this and that. Look at somebody and say that. This and that. N not just this, but this. Come on, we're going to say it a lot of times tonight, so you might as well go ahead. And that. Not, not just this or that, but this and that. All right, Lord, thanks so much for your word. Let it, let it find good ground tonight. Let, let, the, let, let amazing things happen, I pray. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. You can take your seats real quick. Now, I have this belief that is so fundamental <clears throat> in my life, <clears throat> and that is that we need to grow, as believers, we need to grow in our knowledge of God and in the Word of God, and in theology, and in doctrine, and we need to know what it is that we believe. And I think that's an imperative, right? But I also believe that we need to experience God as well. Th that we need to experience His presence and His power, that we need, we need knowledge of God's Word, and we need to experience God at the same time. We need both. We need this you're catching on. We need this and that. Not, not just knowledge, but power as well. We need knowledge and experience with God. Now, I don't think that you can really know God if you've never experienced him in any way. Like, I think you can know a lot about him. Like, I think there are plenty of scholars in the world who know way more about the Bible uh, than I will ever know, but they don't really know him, right? You, you know what I'm saying? But, but I think that as you seek knowledge and as you are searching for God in the scriptures and you are searching for answers in the scriptures that you will ultimately experience him as well as he reveals himself to you in his word. Now, there are entire streams of Christianity. How many of you know there's all sorts of Christians in the world, right? All of them and most of them disagree with each other about everything. You, you, you guys noticed this before, right? And, and, and there's all these streams of Christianity that lean one way or the other in this realm. You guys know what I'm saying? Like this, with, with this knowledge and experience thing. 
you, you, like I grew up in the kind of church <clears throat> where it was a fun kind of church where it was almost all about experience. Like we were bouncing the roof off of this place when I was growing up. Like there was somebody on the organ and we had, we were wearing choir robes, but not like, not like in the churches where they sit like this. I'm talking about, we were going, mm, mm, mm. we were like, we were getting after it, man. People were running around. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all do. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about right now. Like, and th those are the fun churches, right? But we, we were high on experience, but we were a little bit low on knowledge, right? But there are other streams of Christianity that are really, really high on knowledge, and they're really low on experience. Now, do you guys know what I'm saying now? Do you guys, y'all tracking with me? But, but, but I think we have to make sure that we're balanced in this thing, that we need both. Um, help me out. We need, we need this and that. We, we need both, right? Now, I want you to think about Jesus. When he came to this earth and he was, he was doing his ministry, he was a teacher. They called him, they called him rabbi. He, was, he came and taught, and, and, and he taught in such a potent and authoritative way that people were like, we've never heard a guy like teach like this before. But, but he also... He also healed, and he also delivered, and he also set people free, and, and, and he did miracles. He taught, and he delivered knowledge uh, to people's minds, and he changed the way that they were thinking, but they also had encounters with his power to the extent that at one point, his disciples, after seeing him, his power at work, would say stuff like, who is this man? Like, like, like our other rabbis are like right here, but he's on a, he's on a whole nother level. <laughs> you know what I'm saying right now? Google that right now. That's funny right there, okay? <clears throat> In fact, <clears throat> Jesus one time or multiple times he confronts the religious leaders who are all about exclusively knowledge. And here's what he says in John 5. He says, you, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. But these are the very scriptures, he says, that are testifying. They're all, like this entire Old Testament is a funnel pointing at Jesus. And he says, and yet, you, you refuse to come to me to have life. Like, you, you're searching all these scriptures. You've memorized it. You've memorized the entire Torah. But all of it's pointing to me, and yet you won't even come to me to find life. He's confronting this idea that it's only about knowledge and about learning, it's, and that it's about study, and that you're studying the scriptures, but he says they must lead to an encounter with me. That's what Jesus would say. And, and then later on, you'd have the Apostle Paul, who's another great example. He came with knowledge and brilliance, and he came with this incredible uh, education at the feet of Gamaliel, as, 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 as he says, and this incredible scholarship to, to the extent that our theology as Christians in, in, is in large part framed by P Paul's writing. He wrote two-thirds uh, of, of our New Testament. But, but look what he says in 1 Corinthians 2. He says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but look at this, but with a, a what? A, a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on what? But on God's power. Come on, somebody, we need some, we need some this 
and that. Here's this incredible theologian saying we can't depend alone on knowledge and, and education that whatever knowledge we acquire should eventually lead us to a demonstration of God's power, that we have to lean into the power and the presence of God Almighty, that we need this and we need that. We, we need an encounter. We need a demonstration of, of the Word, which is an experience with God's presence and power. And, and many of us, Many of us, frankly, we struggle with that whole idea. We get the whole knowledge, let's study, let's read, let's, let's read. But we, we struggle with the whole, hey, the supernatural, the, the God showing up and doing miracles because logically we're trying to explain how, how God could, could come down here and intervene in the affairs of our everyday lives. Like how, and, and, and then why would he do that? Like, he, doesn't he have big deals to do with, like, wars and countries and, and, and big stuff? And so we struggle with that intellectually, and yet we see example after example after example in the Scriptures about the miracle-working power of God. Like, like, I love this verse in the Psalms. I love this verse, Psalm 77, 14. C- can we say this out loud? Can we say it together? Ready? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. This is, the, this is who God is. This is, this is what God does. Amen, somebody? Now, now he, here's another this and that. When, when you think about the, 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 about the miracles in the Bible and, and the God who intervenes in the lives of people, all, all these miracles sort of fall into uh, two buckets, if you will, two categories of, of miracles. There are, there are miracles of salvation and there are miracles of restoration. Ready? Ready? There's miracles of salvation and there's miracles of, of healing slash restoration. Miracles of salvation, and we see this over and again, but we also see side-by-side side miracles of restoration. It's not just this, but it's also that. It's, it's this and it's that. And, and too many people experience the miracle of stal- salvation of the forgiveness of sins, and they stop there, and they never move on to experience the power of his presence and his spirit moving on their behalf. And it's all over the Bible, guys. It's all over from the Old to the New Testament. Well, what is salvation, right? Well, it's the price that Jesus paid with his own blood uh, so that we could have forgiveness of sins and new life in Christ. Like, we, we get that, right? Everybody understands that. So, so that we could have a relationship with God. And, and in a few moments, we're going to pray together. And if you'd like to trust God for your salvation, you could do that even on a first Wednesday. We don't just reserve it for Sundays. You know what I'm saying? Like we could do it tonight. We could do it at Starbucks. We could do it wherever because this can happen wherever. If you're unsure of your relationship with God tonight, like you walked in here and go, I don't, I don't know where I'm at with God right now. You, you can leave here tonight, sure, because Jesus paid the price on the cross for our salvation. Amen, somebody? And, and Romans 10 says, verse 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believed and are justified. And that word just means just as if you never sinned, Right? And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are, say it again, saved. 
Man, listen to me. When we do that thing right there, God writes our name in, in, in heaven and our sins are removed from us as far, the Bible says, as the east is from the west and God's spirit comes to live on the inside of us. Isn't that just amazing that that happens in the life of anybody who does this thing right here in Romans 10? Isn't that amazing, right? Come on, let's give God some praise for the gift of salvation. Amen. But, but, it, but it doesn't stop there because Jesus not only paid the pr- uh, for the price uh, on the cross for our salvation, but the Bible says that he also paid the price on the cross for our restoration, for our healing, that salvation and restoration are all throughout the scriptures. They are, they are the twin mercies of God. They are two sides of the same coin. For, for First Peter, we read it again. I want to read it again. He himself bore our, bore our sins in his body in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. But by his wounds, you have been healed. He he bore our sins, both past and present and future, that all your sins are paid for, were paid for, in his body on the cross. That's good news, everybody. That's really, really good. That's the best news you've ever heard, by the way. Like some of you are like, I don't, I don't know about it. I think I heard something else. No, no, no. You didn't hear better news than that. Like I don't care if you won the lottery. It wasn't better news than that. Because you can't take that money with you. Ooh, I'm just telling you that. He, he bore our sins. He took them all. He paid for them all so that we might, here's what Peter says, so that we might die to sins, which means that we have to go through a process of daily dying to sins, daily battling our sin nature, daily, right? He's paid it all. Listen to me now. He's paid it all, but I'm still, I'm still working out the sin issue in my life. Like, anyone finished the fight with sin in your life? Like, don't raise your hand because you're just going to look bad because <laughs> you're going to immediately have broken it right there because you lied. Right? Like, you're, you're good, like, no more issues? Like, I have it. I'll just let you know that. But here's the thing. In that same verse, healing is no different. It's something that you're working out. Restoration, it's something that you're working out. Like some people get really jacked up in their faith because they prayed a prayer one time or had somebody pray for them and they weren't immediately restored or immediately delivered or, or immediately healed. Like why didn't God heal right then and right there? And there's this whole deal then of some people, well-meaning, I think, who say things like, well, you didn't get restored or you didn't get delivered or you didn't get healed because you didn't have enough faith or because the guy that prayed for you wasn't the right guy or he didn't have enough faith. And and that's all craziness, by the way, just FYI. Why didn't God heal right then? Well, let me ask you this. Why didn't Jesus deal with sin in such a way that we'd never have to wrestle with it ever again? right? The, the complicated answer is because we're still trying daily to die to some things. We're still trying to uh, uh, appropriate the, the things that God has given us, like learn how to wield the tools that God has put into our tool belts. We have it all already. You are forgiven, past, present, and every sin you'll ever commit, it's been paid for. You guys understand that, right? right? And, and have been given the power to handle sin. And in the same way, you, Peter says, you are healed by his wounds. You have been healed, Peter says. It's done. And just like we're walking out, trying to deal with the sin nature day by day, now we're just walking 
walking that out too. Because here's what I want you to know. Cancer doesn't have dominion over you, right? Kidney disease doesn't have dominion over you. I don't care what your affliction is. It doesn't have authority over your life. Neither does anxiety. Neither does depression. It does not have dominion over your life because by his stripes you have been healed. These are the twin mercies of God. He forgives and he restores. It's this and it's that. Go, go read through your Bible and see that these things don't always go in hand in hand. Like I'm trying to convince you that as a child of God, this, both of these things belong to you. Why can't we believe that as much as God has the power to forgive, he also has the power to restore? Why is that such a leap for some of our imaginations? Because according to Peter, they both belong to you because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. They are part of the grace package that Jesus accomplished on the cross. And we're not yet walking out fully redeemed in our sin nature, right? We're not walking out in our fully healed self either, but we're pursuing it. That's our role. God's role is to heal. God's role is to forgive and restore. My role is to trust and walk it out. And so I'm asking God every day, do this stuff, work this stuff out in me as I, as I walk with Jesus to help me day by day lay a little bit more hold on the promises of God over my life. Not for my salvation, done, right? But my healing, also done. And I'm, wa I'm working out both of those things along the way. So I just want you to receive that with me today, uh, not just for today, but for 2019, that God would move in us and through us in supernatural ways. And our role is just to trust the process, just walk it out. Uh, trust the promises of God. And listen, the supernatural isn't wacky. It isn't crazy. It isn't spooky. People make it that way, especially the folk I grew up with. They always made it a little cray-cray, but it, it, it isn't, right? God didn't do that. Amen? And it's not about a formula or a certain way of doing things or about a certain person praying over that. It's just the grace and the power of God at work in our lives. And I honestly don't know why it, it works faster sometimes or differently at other times, and, and at other times it feels delayed. I, I wish I knew, but I think that God likes the process, that he's able to get things done in us when we're truly dependent on him that he can't get done in us in any other way. We want the results and we want the fruit, and God loves the process, and God loves the journey, and God loves the spiritual formation and the transformation that happens when we're going, God, if you don't come through, I'm going to be in trouble right here, right now. I think, God, I think God doesn't love the angst that that creates in us, but I think he loves the dependency on him. It's in the process that we depend on him, that we lean on him, that we reach out to him, that we draw closer to him, and God loves that. You have all the faith you need. The Bible says that if you have a grain, faith is a grain of mustard seed, then you can move mountains. You, so you have all the faith that you need. You just need to keep believing that the great physician hasn't closed up shop. Does anybody believe that with me today? Right? My job is to believe and pursue. His job is to make it happen when and how he wants to. Amen, somebody? We're, we're going to receive communion in a few moments. But I want you to even think about the elements of, of communion, of the Lord's Supper. The, that the wine or the grape juice, which represents the blood of Jesus, poured out for what? For, for forgiveness. Everybody with me on this? That's what that was done for. for. For the forgiveness of sins. And the bread, which represents his, his body, which was broken for our healing, for our restoration. It's literally even in the elements of the communion, right? Everywhere you look in the Bible, it's, it's, it's this and it's 
And it's that, right? It's part of our experience with God. Restoration, I told you what salvation is. Restoration is the power of God to restore and to heal in all areas of life. So that means that if you have a physical situation going on in your body, that's covered by restoration. That means if you're dealing with the effects of a broken heart or a wounded spirit or damage that maybe you did to yourself back in the day by decision that this is covered in all areas of life. So we, we come into a relationship by faith with Jesus, right? And as we begin to work out our salvation, what the Bible calls sanctification, and we know him, and we experience him, and we're walking all of that out, the Spirit of God is working in our lives as well to restore, to renew, to heal, and it's, all pro- it's part of a process, and it's part of our journey with God. By his wounds, listen now, you have been healed. That, that he's come to touch our soul, to, to, to heal our wounds, the places in our lives where we've been broken, where we've been damaged by life and by people, that he promises this restoration and that forgiveness of sins. You with me so far? So we're gonna pray here in just a moment. And if, if you don't know where you, where you stand with God, then I want you to pray with me. If, you, if you're not sure, then I want you to pray with me and we'll make a fresh start with God. And we're going to sing another song or two, and we're going to worship. But we're going to also believe God for restoration as well. We're going to have some folks up here ready to pray with you uh, in just a moment, uh, uh, to lay hands on you for, uh, for healing, no matter what form it needs to take, because our God is a, he's a healer. Come on, I want to say it again. Our God is a healer. I, I just want to help some people. I want to convince you that even on a first Wednesday, even in February, even in a rainy season like we're living in Seattle, like no matter where, what's going on outside, that our God is a healer. Come on, somebody, would you just believe that with me, that our God is a healer. So here's what I want to do. Right now, I want to speak the word of God over your life. That This is the knowledge part of this deal. And in a few moments, we're going to have an experience. We're going to ask God to move in our hearts and our lives. As I speak these words over you, I want you to receive them. I want you to internalize them. I want you to take them straight to your own life. All right? You ready? These are straight from your Bible. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. For I am the Lord who heals you. Come on, would you say that with me? For I am the Lord who heals you. Psalm 147 and 3. He heals the brokenhearted. And he binds up their wounds. Isaiah 53 and 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Matthew chapter 4. That was the Old Testament. Matthew 14, 14. When Jesus landed, he's in a boat. And he saw a large crowd. He had compassion on them. And What? And he healed their sick. Now listen, I need you to know, I need some of you to know that Jesus has compassion on you today. That whatever you're struggling with, that whatever you're going through, that Jesus has compassion on you. And that's important for you to know because some of you would say, I don't deserve this, Danny. I don't deserve healing. I don't deserve restoration. I've done some things. As a matter of fact, some of the hurts and the habits and the hangups of my life were self-inflicted. They've come on me because of decisions that I made. But you need to hear me. Jesus, when he saw them, he didn't judge them. He had compassion on them. 
and he healed them. And that's exactly who he is in this place tonight, that he has compassion on me and he has compassion on you. Matthew chapter 14, verse 36. And he begged them to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. You know, we've just wrapped up 21 days of prayer and fasting. Some of you, you ate grass and seeds. Come on, for 21 days. Some of you, you didn't eat any food except you drank some water. Some of you, you sacrificed other things. And what that means is that, that there's some real potency in this room tonight. I believe that, that there's always, that always accompanies sacrifice in that way. Jesus' disciples come to this guy, and he's, he's possessed by a spirit, and they're doing everything that they know how to do. And they're like, hey, why couldn't we deal with this? And here's what Jesus says in Matthew 17, verse 20. This is the second half of verse 20. He says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. And I love this verse. I'm reading this one from the Living Bible, verse 21. But this kind of demon won't leave unless you have prayed and gone without food. And some of us just did that for 21 days, y'all. Come on. Come on. You see this? This is the word of the Lord, that there's power in the name of Jesus, not in the person who's praying. It's about the power of Jesus, that he, he wants to set people free. He wants to heal. He wants to deliver people. Some of you right now, truth be told, are dealing with an incredible amount of fear in your life, and he wants to help you with that tonight. Mark chapter 16, and these signs, Jesus said, will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. I got like two amens. That's all right. Acts chapter 5, 16, the disciples believed this right here. And the Bible says that crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. 2 Timothy 1 and 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If there's a spirit of fear in your life, so some of you, frankly, are daring, dealing with this sense of inferiority in your life, like I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough. We're gonna believe God for that to just go in your life tonight. Come on, somebody, amen? Let, let me finish with this passage from James chapter five. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. Come on, can we just give God some praise for the word of the Lord tonight? Stand with me, stand with me real quick. Stand with me real quick. I know this is a different kind of message than you're used to hearing me preach, but I want you to know, I want you to know, it's this, and it's that. It's the forgiveness of sins, which we all can get on board with, but it's also restoration for any area of my life. It's this, and it's that. Would you close your eyes just for a moment? <clears throat> we're going to sing the chorus a couple of times. We're going to sing some songs, and we're going we're gonna to pray. But first, we're going to pray for anybody who, who would say, man, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want... I want to I make sure that I'm right with him tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. Nobody's looking around for just a minute. If you want to be included in that prayer, would you just slip up your hands? If that's you, for first time maybe or first time in a long time, you're coming back to God, would you just raise your hands up? Real, 
Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Pray, pray something like this with me. Lord Jesus. Matter of fact, everybody pray it with me. Let's all pray it together. Lord Jesus. God, I invite you into my heart and my life right now, God. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. God, I invite you to come and live in my heart. And I ask you to be the forgiver of my sins. I ask you to come and make yourself at home in my heart and my life. God, I, I pledge tonight. I pledge tonight. Come on, say that with me. I pledge tonight that I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Come on, somebody, can we clap to, to the Lord right now? For the, please, we pray for that right now. Thank <laughs> you.